0: Welcome to another edition of the Sourced Week in Review podcast. My name is Michael Crutcher and joining me as always is Jordan McDonald. Jordan, welcome. Hi, Michael. Well, a week that goes by with a story I know that took your eye to do with declining television ratings in the US. Can you
1: tell us about it? Yes, the US, there's a lot of US media groups that have suffered this year when compared to last year. Now that Trump's out of office. So a lot of the prime time ratings for cable television networks like CNN and MSNBC have dropped. So CNN drops 52% for viewers aged 25 to 54, which is a really key demographic for them, for advertisers. MSNBC in that same demographic dropped 51% and Fox News dropped 37%. Uh, So it's it's, it's a massive drop. They are big numbers uh, for any uh, audience. Um, What are some of the reasons given for that? Well, Biden becoming president really cast a calmness over the US. He's far less volatile. He's, far, he's less volatile, I should say. I also think there's a lot of fatigue among the American audiences. There's been so much going on, and I reckon everyone is enjoying a break from the hectic news cycle that the US had 12 months ago. Let's see, we had a year like, unlike any
0: other in the sense of COVID came along um, and really probably reached levels in the US... Uh, before it reaches anything like that in Australia, not that it really did, but also the Trump, they're flaming out of Donald Trump with the election in November last year. So we sort of had some news events that you couldn't really compare when combined, which gives you those ratings, which are great, and now is the aftermath for these TV networks. But it's probably one of those things that, again, gives you that view of... You look at sometimes why TV stations might start their nightly news bulletins with what is a barrage of bad news as such, mm. you know. There's the adage it's been around a long time, if it bleeds, it leads, so <laughs> some sort of bad news. But and I guess this is the dilemma. Bad news in the sense of people being concerned and wanting to get information does lead to an increase in traffic, but it also leads to fatigue, and you mentioned that before, and I just think it was always going to be a natural decline. And I'm sure these TV networks knew there would be a decline. What they probably hoped was that it wasn't as steep as this because these, yeah. these are steep falls. But I think everyone just needs a break after a while. Yeah, I'd agree. And so the challenge will be what happens from here because this is, there's no doubt that some left-wing, in particular, news outlets... Uh, campaigned heavily against Donald Trump and detested Trump. That was pretty obvious in how they covered it. But there's the the catch that while there might be that dislike for certain people, they are really good for business. Mm. They're excellent for business. So, what do you think from you know? Jordan, you're in that age group there. We mentioned the uh, 25 to 54. Boy, I'm in that age group too. I'm happy about that. <laughs> uh, what do you think, though, for people at the younger end of that 25 to 54 scale? What's their approach to news like this year,
1: say, compared to last year? It's a good question. I'm not quite sure what their approach would be. I know that the fatigue is, is certainly something we felt here, um, and I can imagine what it would be in the US. You know, We've all suffered the pandemic, and that's been exhausting. Uh, the presidential election for the people in the US would have just been uh, draining as well. Um, and then there was all the protests, like the historical racial protests as well. There's all these really uh, emotionally draining uh, aspects to the news. Uh, and so uh, this year, with less of it, I think it's, it's, it's really been a clear, there's been a real clear difference and you're sort of able to exhale and go, oh, you know. It's, it's a bit more normal, less chaotic.
0: Yeah, time to take a bit of a breather, mm. which, is, which is natural. But I'm sure that next story comes up. I'm interested in the week coming up, the COP26 talks in Glasgow, mm-hmm. uh, climate change talks, which have been in the news a lot. I'm very interested to see how engaged people are in that because that's a natural um, landmark news event, as it's been described. But at the same time, you also have to get people to engage with it. And it's often not a here and now story, mm-hmm. talking about emissions for years well down the track. So uh, even though news outlets can get a narrative going and build audiences up to uh, get them interested, but here's the one problem with that. You can't get people interested in something by putting a whole lot of bells and whistles around it. People either like a, a an event and want to engage with it or they don't. It's a bit like serving up a pretty ordinary meal and throwing in some great, uh, you know, herbs on the side and a few spices, people will know what it is. You can't get them interested. So we've got COP26 coming up. But at the moment, there's nothing yet. In Australia, we've got a federal election next year. So who knows how that will engage people as that gets a little bit closer. But for Donald Trump, he's not just uh, putting the feet up at the moment. Again this week, a story about Trump launching his own social media platform, this one called Truth Social. Yes. What's this about, Jordan?
1: Yes, so two days ago, Trump announced he's launching his own social media platform called Truth Social, as you said. Uh, In the press release, he said the platform would aim to fight back against the big tech companies of Silicon Valley which have used their power to silence opposing voices in America. Doesn't sound like Trump.
0: No, this comes off <laughs> the back as he was banned from Twitter. Yes. And he continues to fight and rage, doesn't he? So this is part of this attempt.
1: Yes, yes. He's also hoping to combat and get around the, the woke culture that he believes exists on the other platforms like Facebook and Twitter. But I, was, I didn't know. it was his, It's his second attempt at launching a social media network. Uh, He previously had a site called From the Desk of Donald Trump, which he launched in May this year, but it only lasted a month. It was quickly shut down because there was no real good user uptake. So you couldn't get people interested if they weren't. No. You can't do that. That's it. I find that interesting because Donald Trump started that site with this firm belief that he would just have large droves of people that would come across and follow him, but it just wasn't the case.
0: That's interesting too in the US because I, you know, we often pay close attention here to um, sports broadcast rights and dollar values and you know the way that the Australian market with what is 25 million people tries to get the most out of sports broadcast rights where you look at the United States with say roughly 400 million people mm. and you can have a sports broadcast market that's a lot bigger which also makes it open to things like social media networks quickly getting a, uh, a user base that makes them viable but not for Donald Trump. So what's this next point then? Why is Truth Social going to be different perhaps to the uh, from the desk of Donald Trump?
1: Well, there's one interesting point that I drew out from this story and it was about how Truth Social could exist on the internet. and It needs to make sort of use of a law that Trump previously sought to destroy which is Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act and he sought to get rid of it when he was trying to combat Facebook and Twitter um, labelling his posts around COVID as misinformation. The section essentially provides a legal shield to internet sites like Facebook and Twitter from moderating content posted by third-party users. So if I posted something to Truth Social that's damaging or or completely wrong, I'd get in trouble instead of Truth Social. Yeah, the...
0: Part of this that Trump has I think He's always rallied against Twitter Which has worked for him too When he was kicked off I, I think that worked for him To engage a group To uh, get motivated When you get true social going Well one it keeps you involved And there's constant talk about The next uh, next US election And what Trump might do on that But at the same time It'll be an echo chamber, Mm. but do those people care? I'm not sure that they do. Maybe it's going to be cathartic. I don't really know, but with all of these things, they are always worth watching because they just provide a good example of markets and desires to do these types of things. So that's probably what I'll take out of that is just uh, what comes out of it, but also what the next step from that is for Trump. I mean, we're up to 2022 in a couple of months' time. Um, which takes us closer to the uh, 2024 elections.
1: Yeah, that's it. We'll start to see some results of that soon too. They're running a beta test for that next month and they expect a full rollout early next year.
0: Okay, so we've mentioned that people are a little bit
1: fatigued at the news out of 2020
0: as such and looking for a change. Now, one thing that they're not looking for, Jordan, seems to be... The Bachelorette Show.
1: No, they're not looking for it anymore. I think the show format is tied and I think that's what audiences are telling them in the ratings. So we've got a new Bachelorette. Here's
0: me telling you about something that I really have very little idea <laughs>
1: about and the
0: concept is, and I have watched the, Bachelor, the Bachelorette before, but this one is a concept. This is a bisexual Bachelorette yep. who is trying to choose between maybe a man or a woman yep. to be uh, her love interest. So it did get significant publicity in mainstream media because of that new factor that this was a bit weird but it turns out that people really don't care what's happened to the numbers
1: yeah they really don't care uh, the this year the show premiered uh, premiered sorry on tuesday this week and only drew an audience of three hundred ninety-seven thousand. it might have been the number one show for the 16 to 39 year old demographic but it really it's just another marker that indicates that the show is losing interest. So how does that 397000
0: for the premiere stack up with previous years?
1: So previously, in 2020, uh, they drew 628000 for that premiere episode and then the year before it was 716000 So from 2020 to 2021, it's a massive drop, 231,000 people. And then there's been a second episode
0: which uh, didn't make things any better.
1: Yeah, well, to further sort of prove the point, the follow-up episode this year saw more decline, so it was down to 345,000 people. So more people actually watched a repeat episode of Foreign Correspondent.
0: (laughs) I don't mind Foreign Correspondent. It's one of my
1: uh, preferred shows to watch when I get time to do
0: it. But, um, oh, well, there you go. It's beaten um, Bachelorette. So what happens? The people just had enough of this, do you think? they? uh, You know, again, you cannot...
1: Convince people to like something they don't like. That's it, and that seems to be the theme of, of today. Really, they're just not interested in it anymore. I think you know, the, adding in the the you know supposedly controversial aspect of having a bisexual bachelorette, it's just it's not it's not edgy, and it's not really edgy anymore, and it's not really going to drive drive people to watch the show. So
0: there's another challenge now for. Uh, mainstream tv channels to go and find something else at work because it looks like the bachelor and the bachelorette concept are starting to flag very badly Mm. that's why we keep talking about sports rights for tv because sports are just the constant they're there all the time and they're reliable for mainstream television at a time when boy there's so much competition that you just have to keep
1: finding new things that engage that's it. I really don't think the show's future is that certain anymore, to be honest with you. i think Channel 10 actually in September actor show making it in Australia because this last episode only drew $289,000. we are not far off that already with The Bachelorette, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. So is there any recommendations for people looking for something to watch, Jordan, for this weekend for you? I have jumped onto the newest season of You on Netflix. It's a fascinating psychodrama, if that's could be if that could be a category (laughs) it's uh it's pretty full-on so yeah well we we watched season one and two me and my partner and uh we're loving season three good to hear well i've got no recommendations i know i haven't caught up with
0: succession yet there is a cricket world cup t20 uh world championship starting in the next few days but i know that some of the games involving australia will start after midnight which will count me out completely That's late that's way too that late is, for uh, me at that time. So anyway, thanks for the recommendation, Jordan. Enjoy the weekend. Until next week. You too. See you, Michael.